On today's episode of Locked on Pirates, it is the day before the trade deadline. And of course, as always, every Monday, my name, Ethan Smith, will be joined by Gary Morgan to talk about everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates with the trade deadline being tomorrow, a bunch of other things. And uh, you guys probably saw my Locked on Now on Twitter yesterday. We'll get a little bit into that also about some decision-making the Pirates have made and why this team should not be in the spot that it is in at the current moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. Thank you for also making me your first listen of the day every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates Podcast, and let's get into today's episode. You are Locked On Pirates. Your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. I am your host, Ethan Smith. To my right, as always, every Monday is Gary Morgan, and again, it seems like I have a new name for this podcast every week. I forget what it was last week, but this week, I guess it's Locked On Last Place Pirates. Um, After the Reds beat the Marlins yesterday, the Pirates, of course, getting swept the entire week, Sunday to Sunday. Uh, The Pirates are now in last place in the NL Central, and the trade deadline being tomorrow, you would think, okay, this team's probably going to be selling off a lot of pieces. But the Pirates are also in a unique position, as you've said to me, as I've seen from a lot of people, where a lot of the selling pieces that the Pirates have at the current moment are not exactly commodities on the market right now. So what can we expect over the next 48 hours, you think, Gary, from this trade deadline? I mean, I think Quintana is the most sure thing. He'll be moved. Um, I just can't see a way around it. I I think they'll get something decent for him, you know. Um, But I don't think, like, you should be expecting, like, somebody's top 10. No. They'll be in the top 30, most likely. Maybe one or two pieces, uh, depending on what kind of of a bidding war starts up. But, you know, he's a lefty, a veteran lefty. He's been a good lefty this year. Um, I, I could see the Yankees or the Blue Jays seem to be the front runners to me, maybe even the Mariners. Uh, the White Sox are kind of on the fringe in it. Um, I don't think the White Sox have anything the Pirates want uh, as far as <laughs> return goes because uh, the pieces that are close, as Ben Charrington claims to want, uh, I don't think they're going to part with for Quintana. And... The pieces that are farther away, uh, I don't think they're going to part with for Quintana. So probably the Blue Jays, I would say, are are my front runner, or the Yankees. Either way, he's the only one that I think is a sure thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like, is Ben Gamble, like, that piece you have to have on your roster to make a playoff run? 
or is he an emergency hole filler? Or is, you know, he's a bench bat at best, right? Well, those don't happen until right up until the deadline. You know, that that's not going to be something you're going to hear buzz about. This is going to be something that happens. Yeah, it's and I agree. Say. And it is very, and that's where on this podcast for weeks, I've said this deadline is not going to be like last year or the year before, like the off season before. You're not going to see the Pirates offloading all this talent. It's just not going to happen. That's not saying that this is good talent. It's like, and it's not saying even last year, you saw the trades the Pirates made. What have we heard from Braden Nogle in Boston? Not a lot. You haven't heard a ton about Braden Nogle in Boston, but you've heard, sure heard a lot about Michael Chavis here. You really haven't heard that much from a lot of the trades that happened last year outside of Tyler Anderson in L.A., which is not who the Pirates traded them to, and Clay Holmes in New York. That's really it. And even at the time, though... Well, that trade was Austin Davis to Boston, and Austin, you have heard about him. He has done well. Where did Braden Ogle go again? Am Philly. I getting my... Philly, yes. That was... Yeah. yeah, I talked about it last week with the Phillies host. Because oh, there there was we... a lot of trades last year, dude. It's not even a big deal, because yeah. you're talking... Like, what you're saying is valid. They're yeah. small pieces that you weren't really thinking about that ended up getting moved, and... You know, Clay Holmes for, you know, who here was not much, even though yeah. he started figuring it out, moves to the Yankees, brings back Castillo and Hoy Park. And, you know, those are the kind of deals that just pop up. Nobody's going to have rumors about them. Nobody's no. going to be telling you they saw those coming. Did you think anybody wanted Austin Davis last year? The Pirates didn't even want Austin Davis last year. So... Who knows really what's going to happen? Somebody could pick off a reliever. Dwayne Underwood Jr. could be a guy that somebody wants. Somebody could want uh, Chris Stratton. Somebody could want Dylan Peters. Yeah, you know. And that's where I agree with it, too, is uh, I think the trade deadline for a lot of Pirates fans is going to be very quiet during the day. And because I'm saying this now, the opposite will happen. All their trades will happen at like 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, but I think all of their trades are going to happen later in the day, closer to the deadline, because as you alluded to, a lot of these guys are second options. Like I even saw a rumor today, uh, this morning that the Yankees have an offer in place for Frankie Montes. It just depends on if the A's accept it. So say that the A's don't accept it, then they shift to probably Quintana, I would say. Like even now, after Luis Castillo got traded to the Mariners, which... I hate to give any praise to the Reds, but a very good trade as far as it looks on paper for the Reds get it from the the get they got from the Mariners. But even after he was traded, Quintana was still not the top arm on the market, rightfully so. And like you said, too, there'll probably be that one little one or two minor trades that pop up like a minor league pitch or a minor league bat for a minor league pitcher possibly I think is something that could be in the fold for the Pirates to even further bowl uh like even further build this pitching staff in the minors. There's just these small deals like you said that they're just not going to like pop up in a rumor mill by John Heyman. Like John Heyman's not going to be like the Pirates are actively shopping Dwayne Underwood Jr. Like that's not something that Outside of Pittsburgh, people are really going to care about. I mean, according to Greg Brown, we should ignore anything John Heyman says, anyway. So, 
I mean, hey, uh, Greg Brown is also the guy that said Josh Van Meter should have trade value at the deadline. So <laughs> pick did. your poison. He did. Pick your poison when you're talking about Greg Brown and John Heyman. Um, but also, I mean, realistically, the biggest domino to fall that could help the Pirates isn't going to, I don't think, which is Juan Soto. Because you have four or five teams at this point trying to gra- grab his services, keeping all those big prospects to grab his services, right? So everybody's laser-focused on him. So for teams like the Pirates who are trying to do these little tiny deals, it's so hard because you're trying to nudge yourself in there outside of this conversation. And if you had to ask me as a final prediction for Soto, which I also will be on the trade deadline show for the Locked On uh, Podcast Network tomorrow for MLB, my final prediction will stay this through tomorrow unless it happens. Soto's not going anywhere. It's just too hard to trade that many players and have that many moving parts in a matter of two days and in the middle of the season. I get it, but I think it's more of a winter meetings thing. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of foundation is probably getting laid right now as far as expectations and and whatnot. It, there are teams that could pull it off. It's not as though that they, there aren't teams that have that kind of prospect depth. I guess for me the stumbling block is do you have to do you have to re-sign him or not? If if you have to re-sign him in order to make it make sense to give up that many prospects, well then there's only a couple teams that can do it. Mm-hmm. If if you're willing to trade that many prospects for two years of his services, you know, plus a playoff run this year, okay. I mean, to me that's the Cardinals could do something like that. And the Cardinals spend a lot of money, but I don't see the Cardinals giving out a $500 million contract. That's not the kind of fiscally responsible moves that the Cardinals make. Yeah, no. So, I don't know. They might be in on it as far as, like, two and a half years of him, but I don't think they're in on it to the same degree that, you know, teams like the Yankees, who might be looking to replace Aaron Judge, might be. Yeah, might be. And uh, Aaron Judge also does have a picture of himself on uh, in a Pirates hat that goes around the airwaves all the time. Not happening. I'm not here to tell you that Aaron Judge is going to be a Pittsburgh Pirate at any point in his career unless he's 45 and has nothing going on. But we're going to get more into trade deadline talk, and I will get into my uh, Locked On Now that I posted yesterday, which will, of course, drive great conversation between me and Gary. But today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs? 
post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. And of course, with everything, terms and conditions apply. So uh, my locked on now yesterday. Uh, while I talk, I'm actually going to see if I can add it as a source to play it again for people who didn't see it. Um, yeah. It, I kind of lost it yesterday while watching this team. I won't even lie to you. Um, this whole week for the Pirates was just not ideal, obviously. Uh, Sunday to Sunday, they just get trounced pretty much, it felt like. Uh, they were in some of these games, and Gary, I saw your tweet about it too, about Derek Shelton applauding this team for being in a lot of close games. But is that a good thing? I mean, is it just proving that your team at the current moment just has no offensive firepower whatsoever and Kevin Newman is your best hitter at the moment? Like, I mean, if you want to have hope that things are going to turn around, you, you basically say, okay, they, they've pitched well enough to win just about every game this week. They just haven't hit. You know, if they can score two or three runs, their record is probably ten games better. <laughs> that's that's how decent they've pitched. And it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch a team that admittedly got forced into showing us some youth you know, they had some injuries to some of the scrubs they picked up to get through this season. Kids came up, and you watch a GM actively make decisions to take steps backwards. It's really difficult to swallow that as a fan base. It, it's difficult to swallow that as someone covering them. They're, they're knowingly stupid decisions. And after the deadline, when they cut guys like Josh Van Meter and Yoshi... I I mean, I'm not going to applaud them for doing something that I think they should have known a month ago. Why did I have to sit here and watch Yoshi take a month's worth of at-bats when it was pretty clear he didn't have it? Why did I have to watch Josh Van Meter bounce all over the diamond when I've got guys like Tucapita Marcano who was doing that in AAA? What? Why? I mean, we had better options. Yeah. I'm not saying we'd have even won more. But at least if Tucapita Marcano has 10 hits in, in a week, okay, that might mean something for the future. If Josh Van Meter did, it might maybe mean he's tradable. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It, it's just to this point, as I had talked to you before we recorded today, both of these guys have had well over 100 and, I believe, 40 at-bats at this point between them. Not not combined, between them. Neither has shown me pretty much anything to say they're doing something that is valuable to this baseball team. And even when they do, Pirates fans at this point, after watching them for this long, do nothing are so desensitized to it that Yoshi Shutsugo, I said this at a space yesterday, could hit three home runs on Tuesday if he's in the lineup. He could do what Michael Perez did earlier in the year. He could hit three home runs 
and not one person would care. Not one person, I don't think, would care. I don't I, think it, that anybody would, would believe it was something worth celebrating long term or anything. No. No, it'd be uh, great to celebrate in, in the game, obviously. And my logic to it was any MLB player is capable of having one good game. Is that's why they're there. That anybody is capable of having one good game in made in the major leagues. But sustained success and sustained everything in between is what you're pushing for. Josh Van Meter and Yoshi Tsutsugo have done neither. Bly Madris is on this roster now. He can easily play first base like he was in Indianapolis for an extended period of time when he got sent back down. And there's no need to start Josh Van Meter anywhere anymore because you have Kevin Newman who's playing well and you have O'Neill Cruz who... At this point, when you're last place in your division again, and you're at this point in the year where you know you're not making the postseason, why is he not leading off every single game? Get the kid yeah. as many at-bats as possible. I like the idea of leading him off, too. Uh, I do think they're still playing some... hedging some bets a little bit on who they let him face. And... I'm kind of starting to see on his face a little bit that the confidence is, is dropping a bit. You know, you are starting to see a little bit of frustration when he faces some of these pitchers. So I kind of get what they're doing a little bit with him, backing him off a little bit. I don't see a whole lot of point in dropping him down in the lineup to like six or seven. I'd rather see him up top like one or two, but... I don't think that you can just stick him at leadoff, come hell what may, no matter what pitcher he's facing anymore. If you have a lefty that that can really, really control the shape of his breaking pitches, O'Neill Cruz doesn't have a shot in hell right now. That's just all there is to it. And until he learns and or decides to start taking walks, I mean, it, it's going to be a struggle for him. And he needs to start taking walks and use his speed to punish the pitchers for walking him. Because until he does, he's not going to get pitchers in the zone. It's just all there is to it. And that takes time and patience and learning, and that's what he has to do right now. Yeah, and I love that uh, Bob Walk and Greg Brown, as we love to talk about them so much, every time that uh, he comes up to bat, he's going to hit one into the Allegheny eventually, and I'm like, yeah, he will, but that's not what it's all about. And he also can't do that if he's not starting a Saturday night baseball game on primetime television against the Philadelphia Phillies either, which that decision made me mad. I was like, dude, like I, I literally know just explained why I yeah. literally just explained why that was a powerfully tough lefty. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot we faced I mean, Rangers. Suarez he would have struck out four times against that guy. Just absolutely <laughs> no doubt in my mind. I mean, that's a really good lefty. Yeah, that was a Ranger Suarez, was it not? So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like, I get the decision as far as, like, Jim was mad about it, too. My my podcast partner, he said the same thing that you did about, like, well, it's national TV. Okay, well, I don't want to embarrass my top guy, my top prospect on national TV either, and he's going to get embarrassed. This kid is just going to flail over top of three or four breaking pitches, like 
down and away. That's that's all that's going to happen. And until he learns to do better than that against that kind of competition, I'd like to see him hit a guy like, I'd like to see him be able to hit a Jose Quintana before I think he's going to hit Suarez, mm-hmm. if you get what I mean. Yeah, I'm see, I see what you're saying. Like, hit the lower lefties first before we uh, go to the higher ones. And yes. there's a lot of other things to talk about with the Pirates as well as the upcoming weekend. This team will hopefully look very different come Tuesday. Uh, but today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends happening today. And BetOnline is where the game starts. And, of course, don't forget, as I mentioned earlier, the trade deadline show will be live tomorrow for a good portion of the day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd, and Locked on MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked on Pirates will have rapid reactions to any move made. So subscribe now to your favorite Locked on MLB podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you get notified when each episode premieres. So things don't get any easier this week uh, for the Pirates. <laughs> Milwaukee comes in this week, um, and then I believe it is Baltimore, yeah. which, oh boy, um, who knows what's going to happen here. My phone continues to be blown up by stuff today. I don't know what's going on while I'm trying to record here, uh, but things are obviously at the point where the Pirates, again, are not making the playoffs. Their roster at the moment could be a lot better. I just really hope we see changes this week. Because, honestly, I hope they're forced into them, but they're not going to be. But I really do hopefully see that we get something different this week and just go back to the youth movement that arguably every Monday when you were on this podcast was just so fun to talk about for weeks. I mean, they said they're going to make changes to the roster. They said that we shouldn't expect the same roster to come back after the trade deadline. Uh, It's weird for baseball executives to say things like that uh, and then not do anything. Um, So in other words, I don't expect to come back and see Yoshi Susugo or Josh Van Meter on this team i just don't so um if i do i mean what 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 else can i do i'm going to exercise the very little power i do have and bitch about it and i'm sure you will too um i i think that'll probably be that'll probably be the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of the fan base if either of those two are still on this team after the trade deadline i almost think in a weird way this year the trade deadline is completely different than it has been for the Pirates, if only because this time you actually want a lot of these guys to leave mm-hmm. so that you can start seeing the youth again. I, I just think that they need to 
make smart decisions, be smart about what they do, use the rest of the season to evaluate young talent and get some of this talent up here a shot so that you go into 2023 kind of knowing what you have with some some of these guys. I don't want to guess. No, I, I think the time for guessing games is over with this team. I mean, it's been since 2015 that the Pirates have made the postseason. That's seven years since the Pirates have made the postseason. It's too damn long, honestly. And we're in this moment of a rebuild again where people are questioning Sherrington and his decisions, which they should be. People are questioning Derek Shelton and his decisions, which they should be. But guess what? Even when they start contending again, guess what people are still going to do? They're still going to question the decisions that he makes. They're still going to question the decisions and the roster moves that they make. It's just how it's just the nature of the beast. But at this point, when you have hosts of another show telling me that it's going to be fun next year and me having to say, is it? We shouldn't be at that point anymore, which it probably will be fun, but I still am skeptical because of the decisions they are currently making right now to suggest that you could cut Gregory Polanco last year, who was very popular in Pittsburgh for a while, but you can't move on from Josh Van Meter and Yoshi Tsutsuga. Like, I, I'm, no, I'm even just... Polanco, they waited too long on. Yeah, they did. I mean, like, we, we knew where that was headed early on as well. I mean, what they've shown basically is that if you're a veteran, they're going to take you past the vesting option. They're going to take you past the deadline and they're going to let you play as much as they possibly can. And, and they're telling these guys, these fringe people that they sign, you're going to get a fair deal here. You're going to get a fair shake. That's the best and brightest way you can look at it. That doesn't mean that it's right or I agree with it, but I mean, if you want a nice excuse, that's why. As far as like giving them playing time over these kids, I see no idol that it served that makes any sense. I see nothing that it does to further the cause. I see nothing it does to teach you about any of the prospects you do have. It, it, it seemed like a big waste of time to me. And it, it's felt that way for weeks now. So, I, I mean, we started talking about this before these guys were even healthy. We, you and I sat here and listed all the guys that were going to come off the IL, and we were like, well, Marisnik can't even come back. Where? Where is he going to come, right? And we, we listed all the guys that were like, why would you even bring him back? Why would you bring Yoshi back? Everything's going well. We, we said that way back then. It's not like this is some new revelation and we're going like, oh, we watched them play for a month and now we've backtracked and we we hate bringing them. No, we, we said not to bring them back. <laughs> like, there's a reason. Because the team was young and exciting and fun and everybody that did anything freaking mattered. Mm-hmm. It yeah. didn't matter what any of these guys do. That's no. why it sucked. Would you rather, wa- and this is the question that I pose to a lot of people. Would you rather watch Bly Madris hit 173, or would you rather watch Yoshi Tsutsugo hit 173? 
realistic and somebody said well obviously i don't want him to either to hit that low yeah neither do i but if anybody's going to freaking do it let it be the guy who at least you can evaluate him and have him under control for the next four or five years and say okay we can fix this like and, and i uh, am an advocate of saying this there were a lot of people in the offseason that wanted yoshi Sutsugo back there were but that also doesn't mean that you need to be mad at people for saying that and then be mad at them for now for saying that he should be gone. I'll it, never, ever, ever get mad at them for taking a swing. No. They, they did something that I think we constantly pine for them to do this offseason. And, and not, they didn't spend as much money as they could or should, but they spent $4 million on a first baseman. And he sucked. They spent $5 million on a catcher, and he got injured. You know, they spent $2 million on a pitcher, and he worked out. People also forget Heath Hembry was like a more costly option they brought in, who who bombed out, and they got rid of him pretty quick. So the Pirates spent a little bit of money in free agency. They just didn't spend it wisely. Which, if anything, you can question their scouting. But I'll never get mad at them for taking a swing. They wanted to see if Yoshi could turn into something. I don't blame them for that. I blame them for, like, not making the the follow-up decision to move on. But that's as far as I'll take it. Josh Van Meter, to be blunt, Ethan, I mean, backtrack on this show. Neither of us ever understood it. I never understood trading for him in the first place. I never understood playing him at any point this season. There's always been a better option in my mind. Never, ever understood it. Not for one friggin' second. None. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, but uh, on tomorrow's episode, we'll be previewing the Brewer series. Uh, also talking about anything that happens around the trade deadline. Maybe we do get some moves. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't get a move at all. And it, this Pirates just run through the week uh, and Quintana is still on this roster, which honestly at this point I'd be okay with. I'd be okay if he stays, but we'll see. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in on today's episode. Basically, it was a rant session, uh, but it's okay. That's what you're here for. Uh, make sure you go check out Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. He'll, of course, be on the Locked On Trade Deadline show tomorrow as well and on his own show talking about everything going on in the world of baseball. That's Gary Morgan. I am Ethan Smith, and I will see you guys on the flip side.